Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you, that's right, that is your name, bring you spoiler-free recommendations, reviews and recaps, I guess, of whatever we read this week. And this week we read something rather special. Amy, what was it? We read the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society Why did we read it? We read it because this was a recommendation for us to read from a listener, Emma, in New Zealand. Yay! Hi, Emma! Hi, Emma, and thank you. Thank you for sending us a book to read. Yay! Especially this book. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, Emma reached out at our email address trash or treasure podcast at outlook.com to say hi and let us know what she was reading. So, Kimberly, do you want to do the spoiler free (gasps) recap? Yes. What a shock. What a shock. Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie You didn't let me say who wrote it. Oh, sorry. Annie Burroughs and Marianne Schaefer. Yes, but I think Marianne Schaefer is the... Is Pro- the author, author and yeah. her niece had to finish it for her. Correct. And she, what well, it was tragically, she didn't live to see it published. You'll have to help me with dates, though. I think it's just set in nineteen forty-six. <laughs> Actually, I suppose the thing we have to say before anything else is that it is written as an epistolatory. Epistolatory. It just means that. It's written entirely in letters. It is a collection of letters between a bunch of people, which also means that it is kind of told with this first-person narrative, but with many voices, Yes, basically. The main character, kind of if you look at it that way, is a writer. Juliet. And she kind of made her living writing through the war as a kind of comedic fictional war correspondent. And the book opens because uh, now that the war has ended, her publishing house has kind of collated all of her stories into one book and she is now touring that book around England and all that kind of stuff. She kind of starts out writing to her editor and publisher. publisher, Sorry, her publisher. And best friend. And, well, second best friend. He's kind of the brother of her childhood She's like her brother from another mother. A hundred percent. Brother figure. And so she was writing to him, which is lovely because they share such a personal relationship that we do kind of get just her kind of ramblings of what's going on in her Mm. brain. And so that's fine. So now she has finished that book, returns to London, and she needs to find something else to write about. In the meantime, she is also kind of being courted by another publishing house, an American publishing house and publishing kind of giant. So we've got kind of that little love interest going on as well on the side. And she receives a letter from Dorsey, who is a kind of... He's a farmer. He's a farmer and odd job man. Yeah. And he lives on the island of Guernsey, which is in the Channel Islands between the continent of Europe and England. Technically, they are a part of England. They're just off the coast of France. Yep. And so he writes to her because he has bought a book, a secondhand book, that has her address and name in the front of it, as you do sort of writing your name in front of the book (laughs) with like, if lost, please send it to this address because it's actually my book. This book belongs to. Yes. And so he writes to her and just says, look, I really love this book. And it's about Charles Lamb, who is his favorite author. And he's like, I really, really love this book. But it says other essays. I'm wondering if there are more essays. If you could, I know this is presumptuous, 
but maybe you love the same books as me. Can you please try and source this book for me because or obviously put me your in address. contact with yep. the bookseller because I want the following couple of books and I'm interested in a biography and blah 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 blah. So basically, he, but the big thing is he can't buy them because there are no books on Guernsey, and he says no. all of our books were burned during the war to keep us warm. Yeah, because obviously being a Channel Island, Guernsey was occupied by Germany during the war for. About five years, so a big chunk of time. 1940 to 1945. That's kind of, he just reaches out. She is kind of just struck by how delightful his reaching out is. And I'm also kind of struck by the idea that she never thought about Guernsey at all or the Channel Islands at all during the war. And the other thing Dorsey mentions in his letter is that he read the works of Charles Lamb as a part of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. So the name of the society also kind of sparks her interest. So they start corresponding and she sends him books and things like that. And then through him he she sort of feels like maybe there's an actual maybe there's a story or a book in the experiences of the channel islands told through the kind of experiences of this literary society and she's writing like an article that it's really relevant for so that's kind of her in and he kind of puts her in touch then with a bunch of other society members to talk about the founding of the society and it was kind of founded by this one woman called Elizabeth who kind of exists as this, not a spectre, but she's not there anymore. And I kind of won't say any more about her because I feel like that is a spoiler. Mm. So the mystery of Elizabeth is a really central kind of mystery to the whole book. And so, yeah, she gets super intrigued and ends up kind of going and learning more and more and more about Guernsey and the people and the occupation and Dorsey and the other literary society members kind of write to her about her experience, about their personal experiences during the war. And that's kind of it. And then woven through, there's a bit of a romance and she's trying to find her way and decide what she wants to do with her life post-war. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's, I feel like anything beyond that kind of spoils it. Hey, Amy. Yes, Kimberly. Would you recommend the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society? I absolutely would. I... Is it just so that people can say, oh my gosh, guess what I'm reading? And then say the book's title because it's so fun it's to say. It's a great title, but that's one of the things in the, the book. Where she's <laughs> like, why is that the name of your literary society? Yeah. No, I would. One, I love that it's written as letters. It's so I have so many thoughts about that. Unusual. But we'll come back to that when I... You know what was interesting? Because I read a bit of the – must have read a forward or something. There is. It's a forward and a postwood. Post? Postwood? Prologue? I think maybe – No, not an epilogue. It's like a afterward. Afterward. (laughs) Postword. No, I think I must have read something because Marianne Schaefer was interviewed and they were sort of like, why – why did you write a book? And she was a librarian mm. and she just had an interest in Guernsey. And so she thought, well, if I was going to write a book, I should write a book about Guernsey. And all of her friends had always sort of said to her, you should write a book. Like you've got this great idea. And so after she retired, she thought, well, I'll write a book. And then once it had sort of started to come together and was finished, they were like, well, you wrote it as letters. Like that's such a complex way to write a book. Why did you choose to write it as letters? And her answer was because Idiotically, never having written a book, I thought that would be easier. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> and I really just like that. I just think that's really fun. Well, I loved it being letters because it was such a great way to grasp the personality of all the different characters. Absolutely. Because without doing that sort of every chapter is someone else's narrative that. voice, mm. which can work, but more often than not, in my experience, just gets a bit too complicated to follow. This was a really good way for us to hear Dorsey's voice, hear 
Amelia's voice, hear Sydney's voice, huh. hear all these different people and get to know them. And it also made, I felt that it made the novel move really, really quickly because it was very, you know, it's done like present tense or it's done. Well, it's always kind of past tense because it's, apart from when those moments of I'm sitting here currently looking out my window. But there are some most that are telegrams them. though. They give you yes, like telegrams. Yes, yes, it's like yes, yes, yes. Three pages that are really funny yeah. sort of like little notes or telegram yeah. conversations. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that as a writing style. But I had And I also think if you sat down and thought about what the novel is about and what the novel is for, which I again I'll get more into when I give my recommendation later, but it kind of needed to be ri- written as letters. Like that any other style would not have worked as well. Yes, and let's come back to that mm. in a bit because I have some thoughts about that relating to the film. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Because okay. I yes, no, pause, but we have pause. Pause. let me we'll do back. my recommendation. Sorry, go on. So Yes, I would recommend it, and the way it's written as letters is one big thing. Two, I love the character of Juliet because I like how she's sort of, like, vibrant but scatty. Yes, for sure. And just, like... I feel like you vibe her. Like I she's, totally vibe her. Like, you feel like potentially in 1940s England you could have been her. So, But I just love there's, like, one moment where she's being courted by this publishing guy and he's like do you have a telephone she goes i do have a telephone it is underneath the rubble of my former flat at the following address if you would like to talk to my My landlady landlady. here is her number (laughs) it's like oh so your voice is so so." british too yes Mm. and i loved like i have gone to guernsey so it, yeah. it's really nice to be able to sit there and picture the landscape that's yeah. being discussed and, you know, some of the characters they describe, like the the concrete pillboxes that the Germans built during the occupation. And I remember seeing those and, yeah, and seeing yeah. the remnants of that occupation on the beach. So I, I really like that. I think some author... I read once described it as you are there reading. Yeah. Like the power of if you're reading the text in the place that the text is set. Yeah. And I also really loved the narrative. I love that, you know, the story of Elizabeth that moves throughout that and that mystery that we're trying to work out. I love books that are historical and I really enjoyed that this wasn't, this wasn't a story set during World War Two, but it was so much about trying to re what who are we now and yeah. how do we the immediacy come back to- the immediacy of how quickly after the war like it's set is ago. really important. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's still reeling. And it, that, I found that really interesting with some of the stuff she said about the American mm. being like, he he looks he so untouched. untouched. Yeah. I liked that historical period and how vivid it was. And yeah. I think it's because it's first person and it's letters and they're describing the yeah. world around them. Yeah. It's hard without the spoilers, but like the, the sort of Elizabeth narrative emotionally was really gripping. Yeah. The mystery in it is quite gripping. So... As a reader engaging emotionally with it, it was very moving that I cried in this book. Oh, yeah. Did you cry? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This, that, see, this gets me, though, a lot more than – see, you. I feel like in this podcast I'm constructed as being quite hard-hearted. <laughs> That's not true. I just don't cry over the romantic struggles of fictional humans. Fantasy. I fantastical. Just, like the fairy tale oh, romance novels we read, no. which I love, and I'm not knocking them or saying they're shallow but or I cry unsubstantial. in Disney films. So I've cried you know. in a couple of Disney films, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like – why won't he love me? Or well, I, if only I told cry. him the truth, Rara, and then you, you have a cry. You don't know the bits I cry at. You always tell me the bits you cry at, and I'm always like, oh, yeah, okay. Sure. This, I totally cry. Hard-hearted. But this is, yeah. I cry probably 
almost after every letter I have a bit of a cry. Like That's particularly a bit too much. but particularly the ones where it's like because because this she's collecting the narratives. The That's right. Because she's yeah. collecting the narratives of the war. When people tell their story of the hardship or what they went through in the war, and they all kind of at some point tell like you know, so you don't hear the same character doesn't write to her fifty times with all of their experiences. So it is very different experiences and very different voices telling those stories. The parts that break my heart is like the old men who are trying to do it in a way that's like, I won't say anything more about that because that's just a bit depressing, isn't it? Or no one wants to hear about about that. And so then you're just left with this sense that the the experiences that are left unsaid and unwritten are just even more horrific. Mm. So no, absolutely, like just bald. So it's it's got that like tugs at your heartstrings and it really... It's um, so real. But it also has a lot of joyful moments in it. So mm. I wouldn't say that, you know, I really recommend this book, you'll sob your eyes out, go read it. I'd say I'd really recommend this book because it's really well written. It's really, it's emotionally powerful. For sure. And it is also, it's like at the end of the book, the sun comes out, that sort of There's definitely sense. a sense of catharsis. Yeah, but it's really satisfying. I love the character of Vizola. Me too. Yeah, the nutty. Like, she's sort of, in the Middle Ages, she would have been the wise woman of the village. She makes potions. She's a pet goat. She's just fabulous. So I'd either be Juliet or Isola. God, it'd be a flip of a coin. I love the character of Sydney. I really enjoyed the little, like the people who'd write you a one off letter. Same, yeah. Kimberly, and I'm going to interject in your recommendation because you interject quickly. Wow, I tried not to, but you just went on and on. I'm feeling that you'd probably recommend the Guernsey Literary and Potato Field pie society absolutely yeah this is a terrific terrific book though i will say when emma emailed and said you guys should read this and i thought oh yeah i haven't read that in forever i remembered that i liked it so i was happy to go back and have another read but i didn't remember that i loved so i Ah. didn't remember and i think it we've said this a thousand times but i think it's about a time and a place in your life and i think it's that i'm so much older now than when i read it the first time and i know so much more and i've had so many like different and more life experiences and stuff Mm. so that sense of being able to empathize and that sense of just really being hit hard by such a variety of experiences and voices and blah 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 that was really it was really powerful i really really enjoyed it so much so like i said i was like written copy audiobook written copy audiobook and i think the thing that got me this time and it was also kind of linked to why I loved that it was written as letters. It's just about connection. This book is 100% about Mm. the power and importance of human connection and that it supersedes and overrides and is more important than anything else. It It's what saves you from horrific experiences. It's what helps us endure and be resilient. It's It is the miracle of being a person, is the ability to connect to other people. Mm. So the fact that it was written as these letters with the sharing of experiences. They're all about connecting to each other. It's all about connecting. That's the entire book was about connection. And it was so beautiful too because at the centre of that then is Julia. who Juliet. Juliet, sorry, who just wanted to connect. That's kind of what she needed too. She was kind of a little bit adrift. It's her kind of finding what she wants out of Mm. life and choosing what she wants out of life. And it's actually funny because for me that was the takeaway. It was about that sense of of connecting and our village and and feeling Mm, like we belong. 
about a village. It's so much about feeling that feeling of belonging and being accepted. It was so much less for me about a romance. So the, so at the heart of it, it is about love. Like, it is definitely about love. But I just think it's so much more complicated and nuanced than that. And I cared a lot about the romance elements of the book. I didn't at all feel like, yeah, but I don't really care if they fall in love or not. Just tell me who stole the gold or tell me who you killed the guy or whatever. It was so much about, yeah, even though it was so much about people, that love mattered too. It mattered as well. And I feel like, so yeah, definitely it's partly a romance novel, but I think it's also just so much more than that. And it's so much its own thing that I think saying it's a romance novel is probably not even enough for me. I need, like, it's it's bigger than that. So I just thought it was wonderful. That was my takeaway on the second read through. Mm. I would wholeheartedly recommend this. I've recommended it to heaps of people. Me too. And I've never actually had someone come back and be like, nah, wasn't feeling it. I have several copies of it. I have my Mm. loaning copy and then I have a copy that has pictures in it, which I like because it's done the cross-referencing that I like. Oh, better Google that. What happened there? It's done it for me. Thank you, publisher. There is a film. We mentioned that very briefly earlier on. There is a film and it took a lot of time to get into production Mm. and I remember – Going into it and, you know, you do that thing where you go, film is a different media from a book and going, I wonder how they'll approach that sense of multiple narratives Mm. in what is essentially a mainstream product. It's hard. I don't know how you would do. How would you do letters on screen? You can't do letters on unless screen. unless you had so many different you, maybe narratives. You, so you just have to take that step back and go. It needs to be about we follow one person. Yeah, and that's what the book. That's what the film kind of did. So film, I would say the film was good. I liked the film, but I liked it as its own thing. Yeah, the film is not the book. No. I feel like I get more out of the book than I get out of the film, but that's also like saying if I spend three times as much, I get a better product. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of- as much time. Because I spent so much more time with the book, then of course it was a deeper and richer experience. Mm. Though not all, that's not always the case. There are some films that make a much better go of it than the book did. But yeah, I I also liked, so I would also say like the, the film is good, but if you've seen the film, and you liked the film, the film is not a substitute for this particular book. So re- you're saying if you've seen the film Even if you've seen you the, film, the film, read, read the, the book. book. It's totally <laughs> different. There is so much more for you in that book than they could than they could possibly have put in the film because mm. of, it's and it, just complex. It won't take you long. No. Read the book. Read the book. It's so, terrific. Treasure. Total treasure, of yeah, course. It's yeah. absolutely rereadable. It's absolutely wonderful. It's such a lovely, uplifting story. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. It is, it is uplifting. Even though both of us cried, it is uplifting. The mm. sun comes out. <laughs> and that sense of it takes a village to raise a child is yeah. really beautifully. Yeah. It takes a village to raise any of us. That's kind of the point. At any point in your life, you need a village. At any point in our lives, we need connection. And we need our stories to be heard. But that's it. Thank you so much, Emma, for recommending that we go back down that road because it was so nice. And as a reminder, if you have any recommendations or favourite books that you have, please, please send or us an email. Or even not favourite books. Oh, my goodness. If you read a book and were just like, hey, girls, this book was the worst but really, like, 
interestingly the worst, I'd also like to read that. (laughs) Or perhaps you've read a book and you and someone you know completely disagree. We'd love to weigh in. Oh, yes. Let us know. We like those books. Yeah. (laughs) So please send us an email. Otherwise, tune in next time for another episode and we'll give you a recommendation, maybe recap, etc. of whatever we read. And until then, happy reading. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.